Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. Today I have a wonderful, wonderful guest on the show. Her name is Cindy Cherie. She's an up-and-coming poet from Brisbane, Australia, and she's on a relentless pursuit to voice the internal conflicts of the modern-day female. Um, She began sharing her confessional-style poetry online in 2016, and then it was just onwards and upwards from there i've been a huge fan and her work continues to be a source of inspiration and strength for readers uh, all over the world um and she talks about overcoming pain and her main themes are, are love and essentially heartbreak and so we have a chat today about all of that so i'm thoroughly excited hi cindy welcome to unplug with annie i'm so glad to have you on this series of release. Uh, Your work is just incredibly inspiring and um, I've been following you for a while. So so, so thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. It's an honor, honestly, thank you. (laughs) Um, So, you know, your your writing, it's just, um, it's really heartfelt, actually. I think it's something that uh, so many people can relate to. I mean, I feel emotions are universal anyway. And when, when someone else taps into almost like the the words you want to speak and you just couldn't find. I think that's um, such an incredible feeling to to read people's work and and have it have that effect. Um, And and clearly you've been through a lot in your life and that obviously influences your writing and a lot of it is sort of about heartbreak somewhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I I, I know something you've posted in the past saying, you know, poets aren't therapists and... (laughs) And, and that's yes. true, and that's true, but how did, I mean, how, how has your experiences sort of, yeah, really influenced you as a, as a writer, and, and why did you decide to start writing? Okay, um, so, well, the reason that I, I say that writers aren't therapists is because the general theme of my inbox is I get a lot of really young, impressionable young girls who reach out to me, which I guess is such a a humbling and beautiful thing, wanting advice on, uh, they'll give me really specific details about really horrible things that they've been through and how I can help them. Um, And I guess I'm just very aware of the sense that um, I'm not a therapist. And although I've written things that it's a beautiful thing that someone can connect with a feeling that, and they feel like, oh, there's someone out there in the world who's felt the same thing that I felt maybe that they can help me um Mm -hmm. I think I'm just very aware of that I don't want to give bad advice maybe but what I can do is share my experiences of what I've been through and how I overcame it yeah and I think that's such an individualized process healing um yeah yeah yeah. and and writing for me definitely I feel like is um like a gift given to me from God, essentially. Um, mm. I can't really take credit for it. I've never had any, you know, college or university experience in writing. It's just something that I've always been good at from a very young age. And it's just been my way of processing and understanding my emotions. And um, writing essentially has been my way of just releasing it to the world um, mm. and taking that pain. And it's quite empowering taking pain and turning it into something beautiful like poetry and art. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and, and like 
going back to a bit about your experiences personally um, with heartbreak yeah. and you mentioned healing like what what has that experience of healing been like for you how has I know it's, it's so personal and so different for everyone but essentially yeah. essentially I think heartbreak is a universal thing I think we all go through it at some point in our lives um, yes and what what has propelled you to to leave that behind and, and sort of move on with your life if you like well personally for me I'm a deeply spiritual person um, I'm very religious I was brought up in a beautifully religious home um, so the way that I healed was through essentially prayer and writing so that was my way of, of healing I know everybody has their own ways but for me um, that was how I healed just yeah. through some experiences that I have had. I think my major um, issues is I have major trust issues and I don't like relying on, um, I guess, uh, especially men. Um, yeah. And it got to the point where I think God humbles you to a point um, where you have, well, for me, I had no other choice but to rely on him and it was like his, his way. There was like a good year of my life. I remember I went to the doctors and he said to me, Cindy, it's a good day for you if you can sleep and if you can eat. That's how bad I got with my anxiety. And it was like God humbled me to a point where I had to turn to him and rely on him. And I was in every sense of the word broken. Um, and over a slow process, of time through praying and through writing um, piece by piece. I kind of put myself back together to a point where I felt whole again. And having said that healing is not linear. Yeah. There are days, there are days where you feel like, you know, you're wonderful and you're on top of the world, you know, and I've got this. Um, but trauma is, you know, you're triggered by so many things and you can feel so healed one day and then triggered the next and it takes you back to that place where you were for me it was like four years ago um so yeah yeah I guess yeah so for me it was through prayer and writing that, yeah. that was what healed me yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and and self-worth is such a it's it's like a topic which I talk a lot about because I think um Interestingly, I think there's a few, there's certain terms which are sort of, I don't know if they're millennial or, but I just don't remember hearing them growing up. And now, you know, self-love and self-worth and mental health and all of these things are being talked about, which is great. Um, yes. It's great that we're addressing them. But in regards to self-worth, I think so much as women and probably for men as well is attached to the relationships we have. Um, Correct. And, yeah. and, and when we face that sense of rejection, our self-worth goes out of the window. And mm -hmm. I'm curious to know from your understanding, what do you think about this of, of how we can sort of detach ourselves from, from attaching our identity to this other person in relationship so that even if it doesn't work out, we're not left completely feeling like, who are we? Exactly. Yeah. And this is something that I spent many, many years pondering and thinking about because I was left feeling um, so low and so broken and like um, 
am I enough? Like, why doesn't anybody want me? That, that's where I was for such a long time. But mm-hmm. I feel blessed in a sense that from a very young age, um, I was taught, and I know not many people are taught this, and I feel kind of blessed to have been taught this way, but I was taught from before I could even speak that I was a beloved daughter of God. And I think um, we define ourselves in this life by so many things, like people will say, like, like, who are you? And people say, like, oh, I'm a teacher, or I'm a writer, or I'm a mother. Mm. Um, and we define ourselves um, almost by... Our job. By these, by jobs, right? Mm. Yeah. And so whenever I have those really low points where I'm feeling low, I am always brought back to that one um, foundation of, of who I truly am. And that is, I'm a beloved daughter of God, like of divine worth, um, with so much potential. Yeah. Um, and I remember there's this piece that I wrote once um, where it's, it said something along the lines of, we live out our entire existence, never truly seeing ourselves, but merely a reflection of who we are, um, staring back at us. And I think what I was trying to say there was, we, d- we define ourselves by like what other people think of us, which really is the definition of stupidity. Like mm. why, why do we define ourselves of what other people think about us? Right. Yeah, why do we absolutely. give them that power? Absolutely. Um, and I think, and I think like, like you said, um, going back to, to God's view of who we are, that doesn't change, right? That doesn't sort of fluctuate or change, which is like a saving grace, I guess. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whereas people's opinions are just constantly changing and um, one day you could be loved by someone and one day they're your enemy suddenly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so how was that, when did the poetry bug actually hit you? And, and what has the writing process been like for you? When did you feel like, or how did it happen for you? Did you feel like, okay, I need to write something and, and get it published? And how, how, what has this creative process been like for you? Um, well, for as long as I can remember, I've always been a bit of a storyteller. Like I go back and I read my report cards from like first and second grade and my tapes to say in the comments, things like Cindy loves writing. She chooses to do this other, over other free time activities and writing has always been my language of love it's how I show people that I really I care about them I you know I'd write them stories or I'd write them letters but in regards to poetry I think the evolution of Instagram um, really played a part in that for me like five years ago was when I went through it was probably the worst year of my life mentally I guess you could say I went through a bit of a nervous breakdown Um, and I turned to writing um, as a way of kind of releasing that and I created an Instagram page and I wrote under the pen name of confessions of her Mm. Um, and I just started writing down you know like little thoughts that normal people would just like write in their journals and I would put it out there into the world. And I think I had, I started off with like 10 followers and it went to 60 and then it went to like 500 and I was like, Oh my goodness. And I started getting just all these girls from all over the world reaching out to me um, with like similar stories and just saying how much they connected to the things that I was saying and how less alone that they felt. 
and in some strange way it gave my writing so much more purpose and it turned from a hobby into hey I really want to do this as a career Mm. Um, and then like I look back at some of the things I used to write and I just think they're completely terrible like I've (laughs) definitely gotten better over time but as all talents you know Mm. we've got to practice them and get better um uh, and yeah I think and so I've had a manuscript sitting around for about two years that I wanted to publish and uh, I just kind of got really lucky um and I connected with um, a literary agent just recently mm-hmm. um, and he put my manuscript forward to a publisher who just happens to like it. Um, and yeah, it's getting released in October and I'm very excited about it. Wow. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. That's yep. amazing. Uh, th- there's an interesting quote. I think I remember reading once, which is something got to do with, you know, you should, you should fall in love with a poet because they'll just, they'll always keep you alive, you know, like in, in the right place. <laughs> Um, and I feel like though it's writing is such a great output and like release, of course, um, I think another thing that we struggle with in process is like forgiveness and, um, obviously like writing almost keeps your experiences alive as opposed to, I suppose, I don't know, or it could be a form of letting go as well, but it's there alive on paper forever and almost like cemented. Um, have you have you struggled with this process of letting go personally and 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 forgiving or do you find that this process actually helps you forgive and and move on um I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword when it comes to to writing especially it's great and then also I think it's like you're picking at scabs sometimes you go back and pick at old wounds that really you're over but um some writers are always looking for new content to write about and you go back to what's to what's familiar mm. but in regards to to forgiving mm. um i mean being hurt by someone that deeply is hard for anybody to get over it really is a hard thing but for me personally um it's easy for easier for me to forgive others than it is to forgive myself i hold um a lot of almost like embarrassment that I allowed myself to be put in those situations and love someone so deeply he treated me so badly yeah and I think that for me has been the hardest part to let go and forgive myself mm. for yeah. yeah yeah of course I I, I definitely I, I definitely can relate to that I think you just feel like what was I like I you, you feel like you definitely you participated in it and therefore you know you you yeah. are to blame and yeah of course I, I can understand that was there a specific period that really stands out for you in terms of um adversity that you went through uh, for, for whatever reason and what was that transition like for, for you um if we're talking specifically about an instance uh, whether it was in regards to your personal life or work or something which really, I guess, which really got you to a, a very broken place and where perhaps you felt like, you know, how am I going to move on from this? Because um, it's interesting with hindsight that we realise, no, you know, we actually have the strength and we did move on and we got through it. And then the next time you go through something, you sort of have to remind yourself that I've been in this place before, so I can uh-huh. get out yeah. 
Um, but yeah, if you could take us through an experience that you had. Uh, well, for me personally, I think everybody's got their Achilles heels in this life. You know, their kryptonite. For me, it's always been love. I think maybe because I love so deeply. Um, and there was a time where I was married for, for eight years. Oh, and um, it was a very, very hard time in my life. Um, he, was, he was an addict. He was a crystal meth addict by the end of it. Um, I had three young children. Um, I left him when I was eight months pregnant with my youngest. It was an extremely, extremely hard time in my life. I look back now and I wonder, I don't know how I got through it, but I did. Um, and crazy enough, he wasn't the one to break me. You know, I was so strong through that whole thing. And then I met someone three years after that and he just felt so safe. Mm. And I remember the first time he wrapped his arms around me, I thought, oh, is this how it feels to be safe, you know? Um, and it was when I lost him that I completely broke down and it was almost like all the trauma from the previous relationship kind of hit me. And that was when I completely fell apart. Mm -hmm. um, and that was probably the time in my life that I really, really struggled to get through. And it took an awful lot of praying and um, forgiveness in order for me to get through that and that is pretty much what I write about and you, you'll see this the theme in my writing is a lot about um heartbreak and it was about overcoming that yeah yeah it, it, it's, it's so interesting that you use the word safe because I feel like almost that should be an indication of of something good um right and and it's interesting how things change and the same person who who did make us feel safe at one point can later not make us feel safe um yeah. so yeah no I completely I think that's an important thing are there things that you you feel now from your experience and you know going into future relationships or even friendships because I feel like we don't talk about that so much but there's also um you know, very difficult sort of friendship dynamics as well and, and sort of unhealthy and healthy friendships. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is like boundaries, if you like. Are there now a set of boundaries that you have created from your experiences and, and you take into your future relationships? Most definitely. Um, I remember writing about this um, specifically um, and I remember the last line I wrote in the piece was loving, loving you was unequivocally my most beautiful mistake. Um, I learned so much from that relationship and with every, like every experience that we go through, even the most terrible ones, it takes us a while to get to the point to be truly thankful for what they put us through, even the terrible things, because you come out so much wiser and so much stronger and with so much empathy for the people around you um i was very much someone who's never who never suffered from depression or anxiety or anything like that and to me i thought it was a weakness in character mm -hmm. and then i came to a point in my life i was you know 30 years old and there i was with crippling anxiety and now i have so much empathy when i see that in other people and that is something that i gained from that experience. Something I also gained from that experience was a knowledge of my worth and that I will never 
give myself to somebody like that again who does not deserve me. Mm. He did not deserve me in any way, shape or form. Um, and so, yeah, so now when I look, you know, for a new relationship, I look for someone who would truly value me um, and will love me just as much as I love them. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely something I gained from that experience. Yeah, of course. And how do you think one sort of like identifies that? Because I feel like in relationships, um, everyone's sort of putting their best foot forward at the beginning of the relationship. And, yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things you just feel like, oh, now in the future, I don't want to waste my time. I just want to be with someone who's committed from the beginning and decide very quickly and then just commit to that and not do this whole long dating, you know, scenario. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but then at the same time, it takes time to know someone and it takes time for someone's true colors to come out. And it takes certain situations to see how somebody handles those situations to understand their many different moods. And so how do we choose people? How do we choose people better? I don't know. I mean, I'm still very much single. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very, um, but I think you do need to spend a lot of time alone and single and, um, be truly happy being on your own so that you're not desperately searching for someone. Cause I think when you are desperately searching for someone, that's when you make bad decisions in relationships. Mm -hmm. And people say to me now, like, what are you looking for, you know, in a partner? And I'm like, well, I'm like, I feel so whole and happy on my own. I mean, of course you get lonely. It's human nature. We're not designed to be alone. But in order for me to invite somebody into my life, you know, they have to um, make me like a better version of myself. Yeah. Um, or like compliment me in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, but yeah. In regards to how you truly know someone, I don't, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. It's a yeah. hard one. I, I think know. if I them in lots of different situations, I think that's why it's a good idea, like when you're dating, to like go out with other people, see how they interact with other people and not just alone and on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. That is good advice. And you did mention anxiety at one point. So is there something right. like, is there other things, of course, you mentioned praying. Is there other things that you do for yourself um, consistently on a daily basis um, for your own mental health, one? And also when there are moments of anxiety, which do creep up and you recognize it, what is that one thing that you, you do to sort of help that? Um, meditation, music, I put, I put my headphones on and I'll, I'll listen to music or yeah. I will listen to like talks, uh, like the church that I belong to, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have this thing called, um, general conference. So I'll listen to general conference talks and I just find them quite peaceful and centering, um, running. I'll go for a run because anxiety essentially is just all this built up energy in you that you don't know what to do with. And it's like mm. this need, essentially it's like this need to control something that you have no control over whatsoever. And you need to release that in some way. Everybody has their own ways of doing that. Um, so yeah, I tend to pray a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I can understand that. It, it, it is different. So also you said with hindsight, looking back, like you mentioned the lessons that you've kind of learned because you've gone through certain things, which I think is, is really amazing. And like you said, it takes time to get to that place. And, and was there any one of those situations where you noticed very specifically after having released it, almost like you know god opened the door to something else which which you weren't getting access to because you were holding on to that thing definitely yeah um and sometimes i almost think he lets us get get the things that we so desperately want just so we can see that it's not for us it's yeah. like he's like he sees that you know you keep asking and asking and you really really want this thing and he's like, okay, Cindy's not going to give up on this. I'm going to let her have a little taste of it. And she's going to see that it's not for her. Um, but essentially, I think he does have a plan for all of us. Um, and if we just really listen, um, you know, he's got our best interests at heart. And we don't know what lies ahead of us. Mm. Um, you know, like we have I, our idea of what we think amazing and perfect is. And I think he has grander plans for all of us mm. that we couldn't even fathom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I think this is like a question which a lot of people struggle with as well in terms of, you know, what am I supposed to do? Um, I right. think sometimes... That's a question I ask myself all the time. Like, yeah. Purpose. <laughs> yeah what is my purpose and is is there do you think it there there is like one specific purpose that we have or do you think it is like multiple things and we sort of get the choice to decide what we're going to do with it or do you think there is a sense of really being aligned with what god's will is for you and that that kind of feels different when you tap into that um, I think we do all have some sort of divine purpose that we're not quite sure of, but he gives us talents and characteristics which unknowingly guide us on the path to fulfilling that purpose. Mm -hmm. um, like writing for me, I feel like it has some form of divine purpose and that it is something that I am meant to do. Um, I'm also a teacher as well. I love little children so much. They just are so full of love. I think that is one of the purposes in my life also. But I don't think we just have like one, like, and I think they do evolve and change. Mm. Um, but I think everyone on this earth is here for a reason and we have something to give. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So tell us about the, the, the book, which is releasing in October. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about right. what that is, yeah. Okay, um, so it's called Confessions of Her. Um, and essentially, it it's kind of like um, a journal written in the form of poetry, prose and verse. Um, it's a story told in like chronological order which goes through the stages of, um, of heartbreak and loss and healing. Um, and then in the end, like the last chapter in the book is called I Am Unbroken. And basically it's a story of how I saved myself, really. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Amazing, amazing. So that, that would be available then to order 
on Amazon or how would one um, get yeah, so I'm publishing through a Canadian publisher called Central Avenue Publishing. So it will be available in bookstores in in the States, in North America um, at first, but it, it will also be available online for everybody when it gets released in October. So okay. in some way, shape or form, everybody will be able to get a copy. To access yeah. it. Okay, amazing. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out and having this That's chat okay. with us. That's okay, thank you. Yes, such a pleasure. And um, look forward to, to reading the, the, the new book and um, yeah, seeing what else is in store. Thank you. And that was the end of an episode of the series of release. I will be back next Sunday with another episode from the same series as we continue this journey, primarily focused on relationships, on healing, on self-love. And I'm super excited for you to tune in to more episodes with a lot more new guests. I can promise you that you're going to take something away from all of these episodes and all of the amazing people that I'm going to be talking to. And meanwhile, you can stay updated with everything Unplug on the Instagram page, Unplug with Annie, and on the Facebook page, Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website and sign up for the emails if you haven't already, which is www.unplugwithannie.com.